Shut up and sit down. No matter what anybody tells you, words and ideas can change the world. A guy like me should never be allowed to get in here in the first place. I know that. Either I'm dead right or I'm crazy. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. There's only one person in the world who decides what I'm going to do, and that's me. Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. All right. Welcome, everyone, uh, to another edition of The Kevin King Show. Joined with me again is a, a guest from a few weeks ago, Ron Holmes, who is a 20-year veteran of the Marine Corps, uh, communications operations chief in the uh, um, Marine Special Operations Command. Um, he's currently in grad school doing some awesome Homeland Security stuff, but I know him from some some great campaign work as well as his one-of-a-kind uh, firearms and weapons training down in southeastern North Carolina, um, and he does train all over the country. Ron Holmes, it's uh, it's good to have you back, sir. Thank you very much. Uh, it's, it's always good to be on and uh, uh, talk about fun stuff. <laughs> I know. Unfortunately, we've had a, a, a debate flare up in the country since the last time we talked, because last time we got to talk about um, you know, the unfortunate tragedies that we'd had in the past six months or so and how to be prepared for those. And, and so if people haven't heard, go back and check out the preparedness uh, podcast that we did f- a few weeks ago. Um, but now the, the national debate has changed to, to firearms and banning accessories, um, raging age limits. Um, and, and so I wanted to get your opinion, uh, Ron, since you have experienced a lot of the world that I would say 90 percent or if not more of Americans have never got to see sort of the uglier side of the world when you're in in cultures where you have oppressive regimes or dictators, military dictatorships um, and people and people in cultures that aren't able to readily defend themselves with firearms like we do in this country. So I wanted to get your perspective on on whether or not that you think that the Second Amendment is still relative uh, to today's culture, being that we do see these these really sad tragedies happening on a, on a regular basis. Yeah, I, it, it is relevant. Um, you know, I, I have, I have a few views on it. You know, a lot of people have that position that the second amendment is our birthright and we don't need a concealed carry permit because that is what the second amendment is. And I'm not, I'm not toting that line. Um, I think the second amendment is very necessary and I, I, my theory on it is, a, is education is the biggest thing that's missing education followed by proper training. Um, and there's tons of really good, uh, firearms instruction companies out there. Um, you know, some are, are from different types of military backgrounds, some are law enforcement, then there's some hybrids. And then I know there's even some, you know, pro shooters, competitive shooters that, you know, teach that, you know, in that area. Um, But, you know, the second amendment is, it's, you know, it's beyond that our right to, you know, protect ourselves and protect our family. It's, it's industry, it's jobs, uh, it's innovation. You know, on, on many levels, um, our country. I mean, you think about how we started our country. It was, we took this country and then we defended it uh, and then grew it. We didn't do that with, you know, they tried doing it with negotiations, but we did it with with guns. You know, and just because the Second Amendment was written about 
front loaders, you know, muzzle loaders, it, it, you know, muskets, it doesn't, it, it, you know, the translation is that, the, you know, we're not going to keep those guns. There's going to be progress. There's going to be, like I said, industry and innovation. Um, you know, but it, 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 it's, it's, I guess for, uh, you know, over the years I've had, I've had over a dozen uh, men and women contact me and wanted to take some, uh, you know, basic pistol uh, firearms training. And they told me straight up was I'm, I'm anti-gun. I don't think we need guns, but I'm doing this because I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to, you know, educate myself on both sides. And by the end of the day, every single one of them was like, I don't even know why I didn't like guns. This was awesome. You know, and, and it's a, it goes back to education, man. Education fundamentals, you know, and, and the Second Amendment gives us those rights, uh, you know, that we can shoot in competitive shoots and protect our homes and continue carry. But um, uh, we, we, I think if there are changes, you know, in support of it, I'm, I'm all in favor of, uh, of you know, more education and, and required training for people who are carrying. Uh, I, I'm not a fan of the, the raising the age limit. Uh, you know, for shotguns and rifles to 21. Um, if when you turn 18, you have to register for selective service and you can join the military and go and fight in the war at 18 years old. You can vote at 18. You can actually join the military at 17. <clears throat> but you can, you know, you can vote at 18. Um, you can drive a car at 16. I, I don't, I just, I, I don't think that's the answer. Um, you know, you look at, I saw an article and I can't quote it, the source, but it's like nine out of the 10 last mass shooters we had were all on some, on some type of, type of psychotropic drug you prescribe for, and not just recently for a, an extended period of continued care on these, these drugs that are known to alter behavior. Uh, you know, and I think that 10th one, that 10th one was, um, was the uh, the um, radical Islamics that shot up? What was it? Uh, two Christmases ago, um, out in California. Oh, oh, no, San Bernardino. Oh, yeah, got oh. the nine club, San Bernardino. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, yeah. So it's just man, it, it, it's it's it, honestly the issue isn't the gun. The issue is not the gun. Texting and driving and drinking and driving kill more people a, a day a week, a month, a year than guns do. Well, I think, yeah, you bring up such a, such a great point because that is, that's where I've been at on this discussion personally is that there is, there's really an underlying problem. The gun is the tool, but what is driving people to do this? What, 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 what is making them do that? And I think that you're right, that there's a lot of cultural problems, whether it be over medication. Um, you know, I kind of want to get your perspective on, on men in society, because I think that's something that has been shifting over the last 20 years that coincides with, with more young men being school shooters is how are we treating young men in society? And I know, um, you know, you're, you're raising Riker. So kind of what is your perspective on, on, on how that has changed over the last specifically 20 years? It, it, uh, you know, I had a conversation with, um, uh, actually two, two of my, uh, 
my buddies from the Marines, one's actually still on active duty and the other was retired and, and they've, uh, I've mentored them. You know, I was a senior to them in, in ranking and time and service. And, and I, so I still, can, we also continue to talk a lot. And the article that came out a few weeks ago where they're uh, about, you know, women in infantry and women in there, there's no more pass or fail. It's just you attend the course. Uh, so there's no, you know, and so what they did is they didn't lower the standard. The standard is still there for those of you, for those of the, the, you know, the people attending that want to excel and exceed and push themselves to meet that standard. But if those that physically can't do it, they can just go through the motions and make it to the end and they complete the course. And then they're now certified in infantry officer. Um, we were talking about this and I was just like, ah, it's like, man, I was like, don't lower the standard. You know, <laughs> just basically remove it, and, and it, it takes away the seriousness is of that. So, one of the things, one of the reasons why uh, they had a um, uh, you know professional guided discussion in one of their uh, senior leadership seminars. One of the things that came up was uh, they're doing that because looking at demographics in twenty years there are not going to be enough military-aged male Americans joining the military that are physically capable to do that job. Wow. That's that's staggering. Yeah. Yes. So it makes you kind of think, you know, I'm, I, and you, you know me, I'm a big movie guy, you know, and, and one of my favorite things is just art imitates life, life imitates art, you know, and you look at, look at, uh, who was it, Starship Troopers? And that whole story, you know, in the book, and I read the book years ago, you know, and just the integrated boot camps and unified military, you know, so there was no, there was no Army, Navy, Marine Corps, there was mobile infantry, there was air visionary, but everybody was one military, and then everything was cohesive, you know, the COVID showers, COVID ability, COVID training, everything like that. Um, you know, so you, th- you think about what, what I just said about, what, you know, what they're projecting for 20 years from now. And if you look at, you know, you mentioned, you know, my son in 20 years from now, my son will be 20. Well, 19. Yeah, he'll be 20. Um, 21. Sorry. And, uh, you know, he's not going to fall into that category. It's, 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 I think it's just really, it's just interaction starts with the home and it's, it's, it's leadership, it's education, it's parenting, it's, it's being there being receptive, you know, and, and then, but also being, you know, being that mentor, uh, not necessarily being their friend, but growing them into a really good little human being, good, a good patriot, a good American is that's my theory. But, um, you know, and then I'm not going to go conspiracy theory on you there, but if you are familiar with, uh, well, the original and the remake, the Manchurian candidate, I don't know. I just, it just kind of makes you, it kind of, it, it may, I, you know, when we started seeing these things and these guys are on these psychotropic drugs and then all of a sudden they kill them and they supposedly they don't remember things like that. Same thing with like with a lot of the vets that are going through, uh, you know, with their PTSD issues and, and you know, uh, being over medicated and wrongly medicated. Um, you know, it just makes you think like, like this story is, you know, is 40 years old. You know, the original one, I don't remember when it came out, but, um, it's, it's, I mean, look at that and compare it to what's happening. It's, that's what it is. 
it's the same thing. We, so we we are really just pumping people full of synthetic medications for any sort of condition. And you know, when this last shooting happened, for some reason, my mind was kind of taken back to. I don't know if you're familiar with the Texas uh, clock tower shooter um, from the 1950s. It was kind of the first. Yeah. mass school shooting. This guy goes up into the clock tower on a campus in Texas, I believe, and just starts opening fire and no one knew what to do. I mean, this is completely unprecedented. And when they did mm-hmm. the autopsy afterwards, um, he had been put on very early uh, psychotropic drugs and it had altered his brain makeup. He basically had this tumor on his pituitary gland that just totally screwed him up in the head. And it's really concerning that we're now 60 years past that and we're not even having a conversation about it. You're correct. You know, it, why, you know, that like, that's, that's the biggest thing is like, why is it at this point? Now I know North Carolina has for over the last, well over the last five years, when you apply for your concealed carry handgun permit uh, in the state and you submit your, your packet and, they do the background check on you and everything like that. Of the fee that you pay, a portion of that fee goes towards a mental health assessment, to which is a, is a nationwide check to make sure that you know you haven't been in and out of uh, um, you know a padded cell and you aren't on lithium, you aren't on these this, the psychotropic drugs. You know, so North Carolina is already has already been proactive with this and, and, and that's what it's, that's, you know, and, and that goes, you know, and, and we're not the only state that's doing that, but they did it before it, it was a thing. They did it before you had to do it. It was part, they, somebody, you know, some elected officials saw like, Hey, we need to add this in here. This is good. This is important. Um, you know, it, it, it I don't know. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's just it's just getting worse, and I tell you, the, the the more the media puts cameras after these shootings in front of people that aren't educated, that just have a thought or an idea, and you know that that ten minutes of fame to talk about like the, the how about the new what's the new the new meme going around full semi automatic full full semi right like this that part. Yeah, the, the, the sad part about that it was that it was a retired general that said that. You know, like it's it's just it's just crazy. I was in a and I and I knew better than to comment on a friend's thread today. And it, was, it was about that, and I just put some things out there, and this guy replied back about you know, well, the assault rifle, and I was like, well, are you, if you're referring to the AR fifteen weapon platform, it's like it's not an assault rifle; it's an armor light. And I was like, assault is an action word. It is not a rifle. A carbiner is a rifle. A shotgun is a rifle. A bolt action is a rifle. You know, a pistol is a pistol. I was like, you can put assault in front of everything. You know, assault spatula, assault rolling pins, uh, assault vehicle. You know, so it's, it's the word assault is, is, a, is a media... Uh, I don't know, forced thing. So I, I like to tell people, I, I don't own any assault rifles. I have carbines. You know? I, I mean, you want if you want to be technical and you want to try to dissect things, well, educate yourself. Learn what you're talking about instead of just jumping ahead and, and saying what 
everybody else is saying. I I com- I completely agree, and I think that you're you're just hitting hitting hard on the point that you brought up earlier that it's it's about education. And my question would be to you is how do you get people from the other side? You've obviously trained with a, a few of them um, to to at least take the opportunity to learn and become familiarized with a, a handgun or a rifle platform before they take the stance. Because I'm not sure how to even reach across to get people to to have a dialogue about it. You know, it, 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 you have to find, you have to find the person that has an open mind, um, that is, is a thinker, uh, not a reactor. Um, you know, you gotta have somebody that actually wants change. That's somebody that actually wants a conversation and wants to be educated and not just about for them, but the topic, the environment. Every in the surroundings, you know, <clears throat> it, it's it's funny. Is is like the, you, you see a lot of these uh, these Antifa um, the Antifa videos, and um, they're the the Antifa training camps, and um, uh, they're doing like they're making up their own gun training, and and these are the same people who are anti guns who don't think we should have guns, but yet they're around practicing to attack just average citizen because they don't you know they don't share their beliefs and they this i me i me i me i need it now uh instant gratification social media 24-hour media uh it's not helping it's not helping um you know world star insta famous you know, all these things, it's just like, you know, it's, people have lost, I don't know, uh, common decency. You know, it's, it was, uh, I was driving down to teach a class down on Camp Azun, um about two years ago. I was driving down Highway 17 and I was turning onto Route 172 to head towards Steeds Ferry. And I just, I had just come up on an accident that happened probably 30 seconds before I got there, uh, a young kid driving a car pulled out across the highway. Uh, he was wrong. He had a motorcycle T-boned. Hey, uh, the guy in the motorcycle, you know, his legs were pinned under the bike. He was uh, spread out across the motorcycle. There was one guy up there. I grab, I pull over. I grab my med kit and my fire extinguisher and run on up. And I actually knew the guy was a little teammate of mine. And we started assessing this guy and getting him, you know, getting him proper care. We were first on the scene. The one thing that I noticed when I was walking up, there was already people who had pulled over and had stopped and got out of their vehicles and weren't going over to help this guy. They were videoing it. They pulled their phones out and they were videoing it. And one person had called 911. And it was like, there was half a dozen people out there standing there with phones on before I, I got up to the guy and we started, we opened the med kit and started putting, you know, providing care to them. That's the problem right that there. That is crazy. People, pe- people would rather be a spectator than actually do something to help somebody. I was brought up that way. You know, you're driving down the road, you see somebody with a flat tire, you know, 
you know, you, you assess the situation the best you can. You try to, you, you, you want to be a help. You want to go out there. You don't want anything to go wrong. You don't want it to be a trap. Like, that's how you have to think nowadays. Like, oh, are they trying to lure me in? Are they going to carjack me? You know, this, that, and the other. So it's just, things have just taken such an ugly turn. Um, and it, it's, and again, it's not a gun problem. It's a society problem. And it's, you know, it's a, everybody gets a trophy and, and, uh, you know, and then, I mean, I could even touch, say, like, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's issues with immigration and borders, you know, it's it, uh, for, for the sole purposes of political gain and votes, um, you know, all these things, you know, there's policies right now, there's current policies on our immigration, on our borders, that they're already there, but nobody reads or adheres to the laws that they've already passed. Because they get this idea and they don't like the way it's going, so they just want to make a new one. So it's just it's just continuing to waste time and waste taxpayers' dollars and weaken weaken the country. Um, you know, the thing is is is, is what I, I I'm willing to bet to is most of the people who are coming out and they're like, oh, this country doesn't have guns. This country doesn't. Have, we don't need guns. The Second Amendment is dated. We need to get rid of it. This set. Uh, in the other, they have never left the United States and going to Mexico for spring break or, or the Virgin Islands does not count. Uh, I'm talking going to, going on a trip to Africa and I'm not talking about the nice places. Take a trip, you know, go to, take, try, try to take a tour, go to the Middle East. You know, I've been fortunate. I've gotten to see all these places, you know, because of my time in the Marines and then, you know, my, my government service after, you know, active duty. But when you go to these places, it's that uh, people complain like, oh, we can't treat people like this, that, you know, oh, you're, you know, you're race baiting, um, you're, what is it, you're Islamophobic and all this. It's like, they, who, anybody who says that has never been to an Islamic country. And, you know, when you check in and every, everywhere you go, you, like, you don't have rights in their country. And they let you know that, <laughs> you know, going through the airport, going in town, you know, certainly, I mean, there are so many populists, a lot of them are in, want to engage with you and stuff like that, but, you know, authoritative and everything like that, like you, you get, you, you get extra attention all the time, all the time. Like I've been pulled, I've been searched multiple times coming through Dubai, coming through, I've had stuff taken out, confiscated out of my bag, just and it wasn't any of the banned items. It was just, they were like, you can't have this, you know, um, just t they took stuff out of my carry-on, took stuff out of my check bags, brain from me, you know, and it's just, and you got no, you have no voice. The best thing to do at that point is honestly, is just it, it shut up, cooperate to graduate, you know, get on the plane, get the hell out of there. Don't go back. But, um, you know, education is a lot of things. It's, it's not just reading a book, you know, it's, it's actually, you know, closing your mouth, opening your eyes and listening. Uh, you know, one of the, one of the yeah. things that, that you see people bring up who are especially staunch supporters of the second amendment is, is that it's the teeth of the bill of rights. And what you just brought up was how in other countries where you don't have a second amendment, all of the other rights go away too. You don't have, um, you, you don't have any other, no, you don't have, you don't have freedom of speech. Right. You, you don't have freedom of speech at all. 
You know, th- think about, you know, if you look at, um, uh, was it, you look at Iran from the 50s and 60s, it looked like, if you look at pictures from there and Iraq, it looked like Southern California. And then the leadership turned to this extremist position and now women have to wear the, the burkas and they can't show affection and all these things. It's just like, it, people have no idea. And then the people that come here and they're like, oh, I'm, I'm just like, you came here for a reason. You came here to get away from that place. If you want to you know, constantly refer to that place, go back to it. We have our way of doing stuff here. That there's things that there's things that we do need to work on. There's things that do need uh, revisions and change. And there are things that do not. And you know, uh, you know, I, I actually have, I've had the I've, I've, I've met quite a few uh, rock stars. I've actually got a good network of friends that you know that are actual rock stars. And, I had dinner uh, a few years ago with um, uh, Zoltan from Five Finger Death Punch. And Zoltan and his family came here when he was a kid. And Russian immigrants escaping, you know, communism and everything like that. And went through the pain, you know, the legal system to become a naturalized citizen. And hearing his story, and this guy is a, he is is pro-Second Amendment all the way. But hearing him tell his story. And hearing him talk about the disrespect to the country and to the people who came here and did the right thing because they actually wanted to leave in a pro society because they wanted to be an American. He is just like that. Like talk to them and see how they feel about like this, uh, the amnesty and just letting all these people in and removing borders and everything like that. It's a slap in the face. It's a slap in the face. And I'll I'll tell you, 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 you know, you hang out with uh, a few naturalized citizens uh, and I will tell you, they will put you to shame about American history and the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. It's that they know it better than we do and we're born here. Oh, you're um, absolutely right. And I have, I have, yeah, yeah. So, man, I, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> Let me switch gears on you a little bit because I completely agree with what you said there. So there's yeah. nothing I can add to that at all. I, I think you nailed it. Um, you are um, a patent holder and owner of a company that is a weapons accessory, the Riker Grip, which we talked about briefly on the last episode and I got to use. And we're going to talk more about the actual grip later. Um, but being that you are um, an owner of a, a weapons accessory company, what do you think about calls to ban certain accessories? Um, you know, you've you've heard talks about bump stocks or um, you know thirty round magazines and different things like that. Um, you know, what are your thoughts? Do you think that these aids are inherently bad and they just help bad people do bad things? What's that meme out there? There's two hundred million guns in the United States by legal gun owners with over what, 900 billion rounds of ammunition. We are not the problem. If we were, you'd know it. You, you know, so the, the accessory thing like this is I, I, I like to do, you know, comparisons, right? Why does your car 
give you the ability to drive 160 miles per hour when you aren't a professional race car driver. And the highest posted speed limit here in the state of North Carolina is 70, is 70 miles an hour. Okay, so why does your car give you the ability to go faster? Why can you buy tires that will allow you to not only go faster, but corner faster, more controlled? Why can you buy a, go to a custom shop and have your engine tuned to take your car from 500 horsepower to 1,000 horsepower? Right, right? So these are the same thing. These are accessories. Right. So why can you do so? Why is it that that you and, and cars kill more people than guns? But nobody's trying to ban them. Nobody's trying to put regulators on. Nobody's trying to do these things because that would inconvenience people. And that's the thing. And, and so I, I, I don't agree with it. Um, I honestly I don't even I, I bump stocks never interested me. I heard about them and I'm like, oh, and, and I was just like, okay, you know, and I had no desire to get into, I don't even know really, I've never shot one, I've never even seen one. Um, if I seen one, I didn't know what I could, I didn't realize what it was. I don't, you know, and, and, and it goes like this, you don't want, you don't want a gun, don't buy a gun. You don't want an abortion, don't get an abortion. You don't want, you know, you, it's choices. We should be able to make choices for ourselves, you know, and just because you don't like it, I don't like how you go about expressing your views, but I'm not going to confront you on it because one, it's not worth my time and I'm not going to fuel your fire. You just got to learn to, you know, to harmonize, but, you know, talk, talking about accessories and stuff like that for us, um, you know, we, we, you know, we submitted our, our grip when we launched it to, uh, a few government agencies for testing and looking for um, recommendations and approval from them as far as what we can and can't do with it on certain weapon systems. So we're waiting to hear back from that. And one of our concerns is because because of the way things are, and since since we have submitted the uh, the grip for testing, um, there were there have been three mass shootings. So we're kind of thinking that it. It, you know, we're like, hey, it could go in our favor and it could not go in our favor because the, you know, the, the, the agencies might take the position was like, you know what, at this time right now, we're, we're not going to approve this for this type of weapon system just because of what's going on. And, and that's perfectly understandable. But what see, so here we are now is we're, we're a, a service disabled veteran owned small business, you know, and we've, we've been working at this for over three and a half years. You know, we, we invented, prototyped, patented, you know, and into production within three years. And that, these rulings in our favor from the, 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 the government agencies that we've set the grips to could really do some positive things for our company, for the growth of our business. Um, you know, so in, in, in owning a business is fun and you're learning and everything like that. And then now, because we're in the gun industry and in gun accessories, and there's so many little rules. And and it's just, it's really annoying. But um, I, I, I don't think that there should be, you know, there's, you should have the option to, to, to buy these things. And you shouldn't need a permit. 
You shouldn't need a permit to buy ammo. You don't, you should, if your gun, if you want to put three flashlights on your gun and a collapsible stock and, you know, and a, and a, a rake of grip and, you know, an optic with a pop-up and some night vision, you should be able to. You shouldn't be limited to two accessories on your weapon. That's insane. That's insane. If, if, and if that's the case, then when you go to buy your car, you should only be able to allow, be, be allowed to have heat or air conditioning, but you can't have both. Like that's, that's how I see that. That is the rationale. Well, why do you think that there is always a focus on the negative aspects of firearms and accessories and never the talk about all of the positive? Because my mind always goes to what about the law enforcement agent who uses a high capacity magazine or uh, some other accessory to help protect people or someone who protects their home with it or stops a rapist or anything else? There's never a focus on the positive but always on the negative. What, why do you think that is? Because the media, the media dominates that and, and good stories, good guys doing good things. Doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't make them money. It doesn't make, it doesn't give them. Content. No, I completely agree. And, and I think that that does not help the situation when you've got, uh, you know, people like you training good people to do good things. And that gets so overshadowed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, 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 the, I would love for there to be a completely unbiased news channel to come out. Like Vice, I'm not sure if you've seen Vice oh, on yeah. HBO. Um, they're, they're pretty much like, like they walk the line. It, it, there's, there's no party affiliation or anything. And they, they, they just cover stories. And they're doing something that nobody else is doing. And I feel that they're doing honest reporting. They're not influencing. They're just, they're just going to an area where there's something that it, it could be bad, it could be good. And they're reporting on it. And that, that, that. I was just going to no, say, no, I, no, I watched their special on um, ISIS. They did like a four part documentary that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I said, why isn't this on any of the major news, news channels? That's what got me hooked on them. Was that was that series? It was it was great, you know. And, and, and that's what we need. We need this like no agendas. We don't need you know. And and people are like that. What was that one governor who just came out and said uh, the NRA is a terrorist organization and anybody in the NRA is right. A I, know, I know what you're talking about. I'm not. Don't recall off the top of my head. And I'm I'm just sitting here and I'm like, okay, well I'm. You know, I'm a retired United States Marine, and my job was to protect the country and, you know, given the opportunity, fight terrorism. And I took an oath, and I still, I still value that. And for for this guy to call members of the NRA a terrorist, it shows a lot of things. It shows one, he should he should not be reelected, but it shows he. He doesn't understand. He's not educated. He doesn't know the definition of terrorist terrorism, or and I, I would be even willing to bet domestic terrorism. Because if he was really talking about it and trying to make the point, he would have called everybody in the NRA a domestic terrorist because we are a the NRA is a domestic company, uh, and that's something else that people people completely overlook. Oh, terrorism. But there's terrorism and there's domestic terrorism. It's two, Timothy McVeigh. 
domestic terrorist, straight away, domestic terrorist. You know, his views, he, he wasn't, wasn't, you know, necessarily religiously motivated. They were anti-government. They were anti-establishment, you know. <clears throat> so the, the good guys that, you know, the good guy stories, I mean, you'll hear about them. Um, you know, our local news station here, I get the alerts on my phone. Uh, like text messages, like boom, this, that, and the other, and I'll get, I'll get twenty alerts on my phone, but bef- twenty, and they're all negative before I get one that's remotely good. Like today, I today was a good one. Today it popped up and it said, uh, New Hanover County um, is sending six gang members to jail, and I was like, okay, well that's good. But everything else is like so and so died, fire, house fire, gun shooting, like oh, nothing is good. The news doesn't report on good things. They go on the things that are going to get your attention. They go on the things that like are going to, oh, you know, people are going to look at it and they're going to say that. Oh, I'm glad that's not me. Instead of like, how did it happen? How could it have been prevented? How what what do I need to do to make sure that 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 doesn't happen? Yeah, it's it's. It's a really sad situation. And, and what I wanted to ask you uh, next, since, um, you know, we've talked about a little bit this, uh, a little bit of this uh, off, off the, uh, off the mic a couple of weeks ago, but if you could be in charge of anything to, to either be preventative or to help, um, to help stop a mass shooting, like we've, like we've seen recently, especially in schools, what would you do if you were put in charge? You know, it, it, man, it, it's it's education, it's fundamentals, it's safety, and it's repetition of all of the above. And you know, you know, again, my, my son's a year and a half old, and these things pop into my head. I think about this. It's just like, you know, he's he, when he goes to school, he's gonna he's going to have a backpack, and it's going to have a level three A piece of you know soft body armor in it, and he's going to have a make kit, and he's going to understand at five years old how to do a pressure dressing. And how to do a tourniquet and all of these things. He's he's he is not walking out of the house without being as prepared as I I can make him. And what needs to happen is we and and I can't I'm not taking credit for this because I saw this in an article or in a discussion uh, on a group and and the thing is is people are like we don't need guns in schools. Well, we're not saying that we need guns in schools, but if you think that we don't need some type of security and some type of of, of upgrade, uh, whether it be in uh, exterior posture or internal posture uh, to you know doors and windows and stuff like that, then you're then why why do we have why is it mandatory that every single building that we have has a sprinkler system. Why do you have to have a fire extinguisher in every room in a school? Why do you have to have a fire extinguisher every 50 feet? Why is there a fire hose that's directly tied into the water main in the middle of buildings for that 1% chance that there's a fire, but no one's ever going to use it because it's, it's understood and you don't do things. You don't like the school on fire. Well, it's the same concept. You know, the security for the Olympics, the Super Bowl, you, you know, all these things, the, 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 the post office, uh, sporting events, armed security, armed security, armed law enforcement, National Guard, just the, whatever the event is. Why is it that we leave our schools 
completely open if children are, are you know, they're innocent. We have to, our job is to protect them. You know, so <clears throat> I would love to, uh, in, 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 and I mean, it'd be nothing for me to sit down in a room and start this and you establish a program. One thing, is one thing I said this, and everybody's like, oh, you know, there's all these veterans out there, hire a veteran. I'm not saying this is not derogatory in any way, but people need to understand that not every veteran is a marksman, is an expert marksman. Not every veteran spent their entire career pulling a trigger, refining that skill of, of the fundamentals of marksmanship. Some guys only went to the, to the rifle range once a year for their qualification that they were required to do. Their job in the military could have been supply, could have been aviation mechanics, it could have been another transferable skill that you know that they were doing. It doesn't take away from their 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 dedication to the country and service, but you gotta carefully say put a veteran in there. What you need to do is like put a veteran in there that's gone through a training program. And if you want an armed person, it's not as easy as as as, as you know arming a teacher. You know what? I don't think arming teachers is exactly the answer either. Because if as a teacher that doesn't want a gun, I'm not going to force them to have a gun. But if there is a teacher that wants to carry a gun, then that teacher needs to go through a, a, a pretty strenuous course, which is going to lead them up to stress shooting, physical stress shooting, and all kinds of stuff like that. You know, And, and the thing is, is raise the standard. Raise the standard. Make a, make a standard. And then, you, you know, you do... Enforce the, you know, reinforce the, the schools. You have two or three guys, they rotate through, they're in plain, they hide in plain sight, they pose as teachers, janitors, whatever, and then they have access to materials like body armor, stretchers, medkits. That's the biggest thing, too, is, is, you know, you don't want to carry a gun, you don't want teachers to have, have uh, you don't want teachers to have guns, that's fine. How come teachers don't have tourniquets and pressure dressing bags of it in their, in their classrooms? Nope, that's my phone. Sorry, man. Um, how come, you know, how come that? Right. That seems like it would be a completely fundamental element of, I mean, it's, unfortunately in this day and age, why, why isn't that a, a requirement? Because even once, um, you know, let's say they, they school shooter comes in and shoots a couple of people and take their own life. The, the immediate reaction is then you need medical care now and it's on its way or barricaded. Um, you know, that, that's definitely probably equally as important to having someone to stop the shooter. Yeah. Well, and again, the, 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 the most recent one in Florida, like, uh, did you see the videos of the, the kids that were videoing right. in the classrooms of the kids that were shot? Like, okay, hey, how about this? How about you put your phone away and rip a sleeve off your shirt and start stuffing a wound? You know, it's like it's something, and these kids, you know, if you have time to pull your phone, to, to make that decision, to pull your phone out, swipe, and, and, and hit record, you have time to make a decision to save someone's life, you know? So it's, it's a personal responsibility. We, you know, we need to be better at being humans. We need to be better at being Americans and, and you know, stop letting media and political stuff divide the country. You need to be like, you know, guns Guns are not the problem. Bad people are the problem. Like, that's it. 
you know, taking guns away from people that do everything right, making more laws for, for, uh, for law abiding guns, gun owners, it's not going to stop one criminal from doing, committing an act of violence with a gun. All you're going to do is cripple a society. I, I completely agree. Yeah. And, and I, really appreciate your perspective because I think that's what it comes down to is people need a different perspective than the, than the dialogue and what the media has been pushing for the last several weeks. And that's one of the reasons I really wanted to, to have you on because I knew that you have experienced a lot of things very different than I have, even though we have the same sort of philosophy and that experience makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what is coming up? Yeah, yeah no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just, you know, and, 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 you know, one of the things too is, is, is people are like, oh, you're just paranoid. You carry a gun because you want to shoot somebody. And which it's the absolute opposite is I carry a gun because I don't want to shoot somebody. I carry a gun because I'm not going to be a victim. I'm never not going to be able to protect my family. I train people that way too. I talk about that, the lifestyle and the commitment and the mindset, you know, and, and then paranoid. You're not paranoid. If you're carrying a gun, you're not paranoid if you have a med kit in your car. You're not paranoid if you have a, a, a pantry in your garage full of extra food for an emergency. You're prepared. You're prepared. And being prepared isn't just about guns. It's about, again, education. It's about knowing what to do when something goes bad and having some type of a plan, having some type of cardinal direction that you can go towards to get you through this situation. Preparedness is, is just, is, is huge. I can't stress that enough. You know, paranoid, paranoid is, is, you know, is that guy out on his property and he's got homemade claymores all around there and doesn't care who steps on his property. They step on his property, they're trespassing. They're good. That's paranoid. That's paranoid. Prepared, prepared is the person who is seeking out education, whether it be a medical class, whether it be a concealed carry class, whether it be learning jujitsu, learning some type of boxing to, you know, to defend themselves and their families, you know, um, taking a fire prevention class, taking some of these, these public safety classes that, that most cities, police departments and, and, and fire departments offer, you know, preparedness. And, and, and you've heard me say this. You don't rise to the occasion. You don't. That's false. That's false. You rise to your level of preparedness, training, repetition of fundamental movements and education. You can't rise to something you haven't done. You just can't do it. You will rise to what you are ready for, what you are physically and and mentally have trained yourself to be ready for. That's preparedness, not paranoia. Well, what do you have coming up? I got to go through the the intro Riker course there a few <laughs> weeks ago. No, no, that's that's perfect transition um, because that's exactly what I want to talk about is is opportunities for people to become more prepared and to train because I can say that you're spending an entire day in your course was one of the most invaluable experiences that I've ever had and. You know, I can't wait to do the the transition class. Hopefully, later on this year. Um, so, so what do you have going on that that people can get plugged into? Um, <coughs> this actually tomorrow or this Saturday, um, I have the Riker Grip Basic Carbine Course again. Uh, same one that you went through. Um, 
it's looking like the you know the conditions are going to be a little bit better. So uh, I think the ground's kind of wet. When it was, we went through, so we it was a to, tad wet. I, yeah. I <laughs> Yeah, I didn't, I didn't make you guys get on the ground too much for that one, but uh, this, this this one will be doing a lot of prone and uh, different different modified shooting positions. Um, but uh, this is uh, it, you know it starts out it's 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 carbine it's rifle one hundred and one, and it doesn't matter if you've got an AK if you have a carbine you know whether it be a uh, you know five five six two two three or the PCC the pistol caliber carbine um, you know or a 300 blackout or whatever you have, as long as you can mount a grip on the side of your rifle, you, you know, come to the class. And what we do is, is this class is good for, for all calibers of shooters. It's good for absolute beginners. It's, it's good for the guy or gal who's had their gun for a while, but eh, I bought my gun and I just have never shot it. I really don't even know how to loot. You know, um, and then it's good for the guys who shoot a lot or whatever like that and just kind of want to slow pace and, and slow down a little bit. And then and then kind of also along with that, you get and you know how I you know how I instruct. You get a lot of personal attention. You get a lot of, you know, just, you know, someone watching you do things, helping you get better at it. Uh, and so we start out pretty simple teach you how to sight your rifle in iron sights, optics. Then we go over equipment, how to set your equipment up, how you wear your equipment for movement and efficiency. Then we practice some dry fire stuff, some reloads. And then we're going to go into different shooting positions, shooting far, shooting, you know, shooting near, shooting moving, multiple target engagement, lateral shooting, shooting steel targets, shooting paper targets, all building up and each, each, each training, you know, training block adds on the previous. Uh, continues that leading us up to the you know the end. They always like to end on high note, um, which the you know has everybody walking away physically and mentally exhausted, but super happy. Um, and what that does is we lead up to a culminating event, which is usually a head to head with another student. And it's um, it's uh, I don't know, depending on the course, depending on the range. Uh, they can be kind of, they can be fast or they can be pretty long. <laughs> so uh, it, it just depends. But at the end of the day, at the end of the training, you will, you know, you'll have shot, um, you know, between four and 600 rounds. You'll have shot, you know, potentially maybe under, over, through a vehicle. You will have shot multiple positions. You will have learned how to shoot the Riker grip and, and shooting the Riker method. Uh, I will put you in some demos that will demonstrate why we feel it is superior shooting platform. Um, and we'll also show you how you actually are, you acquire targets faster uh, from transition target to target because of the hand placement on our grip, which is on the side of the rifle. So that's, that's Saturday. Um, April 14th will be the next class that I offer here in North Carolina. And that is going to be my advanced concealed carry class. So this class is is designed. Uh, you don't, you do not need a concealed carry permit for this class. This is a next level. This is to teach you actually how to carry concealed, whether you carry apex, you know, uh, small of the back, side of the hip, uh, from a handbag, everything like that. So we put you in. You know, we teach you a lot of different methods: standing, the kneeling, drawing, drawing from the ground, because. 
you know, a lot of times people fail to realize, you know, when they're paying us, they're in a nice class, you know, a sunny day and everything like that. When you actually go to draw your weapon, you might be doing it, you know, you might already be face down with a dude on your back punching you in the back of the head. So we put you in in positions and stuff like that to get you comfortable and let you understand what it's like to shoot from your back, to shoot on the ground, laying on your side. Um, and then we work up to uh, where we transition for, we move away from live ammo and move into the UTM round, which is the uh, ultimate training munition. And this gives us the ability to shoot full-size pistols with the training bullets and move about 256 feet per second um, at moving targets. So the students will then be shooting at the instructors. So they'll get to draw from concealed and we'll put you in, in scenarios that are set up to make you fail. And the fair, and, and we don't do that to embarrass you, we do that to teach you. And it's a positive thing. And it lets you test things that you think work and it lets you it lets you, you know, hit the gas and realize what you've been doing isn't isn't what you need to be doing. Or what you're doing is good, but you could be doing this better. Um, so, and all my classes that I run generally, like they they have the same premise, but no class is ever the same. I'm constantly changing it and adding it, and, you know, cause I'm also a student and, and if I train with somebody or I watch a video series and start having conversations with other, other instructors and stuff like that, and we talk about drills, I'll add one of their drills in, um, you know, and, and that's important. That's important as an instructor. I'm not just going to come out and teach you some cookie cutter thing every time you come to my class. That um, I'm not, at that point, I just became, I don't know, I, I, I just became the drive through window. Um, and that's that's not what I want to be. Well, I was just going to say, I, I can safely say, and, and this is not blowing any amount of sp- smoke, but as, as someone who is very much an entry-level uh, marksman, that your classes are, are phenomenal. Um, just as far as not being intimidating, being comfortable, but also getting that personalized training that... Um, you know, you, you're going to have questions. And a lot of times if you're just at a shooting range or you're in an environment where you're not feeling other physical stresses, you're not going to experience the same, the same type of outcomes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the other thing too is, is I don't pack my classes full. I won't, I won't do a class with 30 people. Um, I, I generally don't like to go over 15 students. And, uh, my, my perfect class size is, is like eight, eight students. And I would rather do smaller classes and, and put out a better product than put out a larger class just for the sole purpose of making, making money. Uh, I, I want, I want to put out quality, you know, and you've heard me say is I want to, I want you to walk away from, from training with us, having, one, you're more self-confident in your abilities to own, operate, and carry firearms, but have the ability in, uh, to understand how to train yourself when you go to the range. So you don't just go to the range, load, jam your mags all the way full, blow through 400 rounds in like 20 minutes, and then go home. That's like, honestly, you should have just took that, I don't know, the 200 bucks you spent ammo and lit it on fire. Because uh, you did no good, so that—that's the other thing too. Um, you know, shooting is shooting is you know as a sport and as a hobby, it's expensive, and, and there's upkeep and maintenance and all those things that go along with it. But you know, also uh, coming up, uh, 
we, we start a, kind of like a roadshow for the grip. Uh, April 25th, I'll be in Indiana, and I, I don't have the exact address yet we're working on. Uh, we're trying to nail down the range right now, but we'll be doing three days of training before we go to the Indiana SWAT Officers Conference uh, at April. And then uh, May, we'll be down in Lexington, South Carolina at Sornex uh, Exercise Equipment at their facility. They're doing uh, Summer Strong 11, uh, 18, 19, and 20 May. On 19 May, that afternoon outside, we're going to be doing, we're going to be running the Life Fighter exercise. And um, it is uh, going to be uh, um, about 80, uh, 80 yards of uh, just physical um, exertion on a whole nother level. Uh, uh, really just uh, body armor uh, will be provided by Premier Body Armor and uh, pistol belts and uh, pouches and stuff will be provided by Wilder Tactical. And we got some other... Uh, other things planned, but that's going to be a fun day. And from there, we'll be in Suffolk and you know, be in Ohio. And I don't have all my dates exactly yet, but uh, yeah, we got a busy summer coming up. Um, I'll keep you posted on you know my next my next course. I'm going to try to get one. Uh, I'm going to try to get a transition course in uh, hopefully in May. Uh, May is kind of full, um, but if I can, I'll definitely get it in June. That's that's awesome, buddy. Well, I'm I'm excited that things are going well for you, and I. Really appreciate you taking the time to to pop back in and and do another podcast here. Dude, I love it, man. 